0: What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Split Division Podcast. I am your host today, Nathan Marzion, joined, as always, by GURBS talking Lions, Jared with the Vikings, and Max with the Bears. Uh, we got week 13 action to get to, and then we will preview week 14 games. So, um, yeah, we had some had some good games. We had a divisional game that ended pretty dramatically, I'd say, and um, we'll start with that game. We'll go Lions-Bears. We'll start with GURBS. Uh, high off a win. How are you feeling?
1: Man, is this Man, what winning feels like? Is this what it feels like to have like a, like somewhat competent football team? I love it. It's great. Um, But okay. So like this game, yes, it was a win for the lions, but like you can see just how much damage Matt Patricia did to this roster. Like we like, there's a reason Mitch Trubisky went to the pro bowl a few years ago and that's the Detroit lions and they just made it look like he could do it again. <laughs> And not just that, they made Cordero Patterson and David Montgomery look like they could be (laughs) pro-bowlers. So, you know, that's bad. Um, You know, like, there were were just some mistakes that are kind of, like, unfixable until you have a new coach and get some new players. Um, I mean, that defense just could not cover anyone, and you could tell that no matter what Corey Unlin, our defensive coordinator, could do, he can't just take the Patricia out of all these guys all of a sudden. So, but, like, offense man it's crazy what happens when the playbook allows for matthew stafford one of the best deep throwers in the league one of the strongest arms in the nfl to throw the ball <laughs> like who knew who knew all of a sudden you know he could throw for 402 yards in a game and <laughs> but i mean he i mean, had 400 yards yeah he had 400 yards yeah and he was on my bench playing you in fantasy if i if i kept him i probably would have beat you this week <laughs>
0: I hey, I mean my team is stacked, but I'm just gonna miss the playoffs somehow because yeah. I'm literally number two in points scored, and I'm I'm three and nine or whatever. So <laughs> right. really, I don't want st- to I don't want to start ranting about my fantasy team on here, but I'm really good. I just my record doesn't show it.
1: Yeah, no, you whooped me this week, so you you beat me by a lot. But yeah, so Stafford put up like 400 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, one pick that was just brutal. Like, he threw a screen, and one of the Bears' defensive linemen just got right in front of it before it could get to our receiver. And, you know, luckily it didn't go for a pick six. I think Stafford's leading the NFL in pick sixes this year. But, you know, just, again, that goes back to Patricia play calling. And when Bevel has the, like, Stafford walked out of that tunnel with a smile on his face for, like, the first time in a few years. And just, he knew he was going to go ball out. And that's exactly what he did. Um, and, like, you know, they spread the ball around a lot. There was a lot of great things to see. I mean, cutting Marvin Hall for the Lions was kind of a uh, a weird move for me. But then, like, Quintez Cephas came in, had that just absolutely beautiful touchdown reception. Um, that was the longest touchdown reception by air yards, I think, this week. Or even in, like, recent weeks, it was, like, one of the longest ones. Because, yeah, I mean, Stafford just threw a bomb on that one but uh yeah I mean just really really great aggressive play calling up tempo lots of no huddle that's what Stafford excels at you know just no time to think just throw the ball Hawkinson got involved Marvin Jones stepped up big time I mean this is the first game where missing Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift didn't look like it was a problem for Detroit and so Daryl Bevel awesome job like I mean, Stafford gave him the game ball. Said he earned it for that. I just anytime you can let Stafford just throw the ball.
0: Let gonna, Stafford cook. Let Stafford yeah, cook.
1: Let Stafford cook. <laughs> but yeah, and then you know the Bears though. The Bears definitely put up a good fight. I mean, yeah, they they had what three rushing touchdowns in the first half. I don't
2: think that uh, makes the, Bear, that the makes Bears. Sense the Bears
1: defense. Or, I mean, the Lions defense wasn't going to stop you guys. Um, I that 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 Romeo Aquara strip. Like at the end of the game to get the ball out of Trubisky's hand was just luck. Like, like that just fortune fell on the Detroit Lions. And next week is, I think, the Packers. So who knows how that's going to go. We'll talk about that later. But uh, for now, you know, the Lions are coasting off a win and we see what it looks like without Matt Patricia and things look good. So I'm happy.
0: (laughs) Max, we'll move to your side. How did you feel?
2: Yeah, it was so weird because our offense was clicking and our offensive line looked good. We finally made the adjustments that everybody was calling for of taking out uh, Rashad Coward out of the left guard and putting in Sam Mustafer and Alex Barr, some of our um, uh, rookie prospects, or I guess they're not rookie, but undrafted prospects that we've been uh, combing over the last three years and developing and, and so and they did great and and there was holes for David and Montgomery and he's been running so violently lately like these last 2 weeks he's looked like a completely different back so he's been energizing for this offense and and I think Mitch Trubisky has been energizing for this offense I think I think players are happy to have him back and that sort of thing but um yeah it's weird when you we lose because of our defense though like I think it was like 400 yards passing or something like that like Well know. and then you look
1: at we had a backup Former defensive lineman turned offensive tackle blocking Khalil Mack, and I think only allowed one pressure. So, like, even even your pass rush just couldn't get, you know, an undrafted defensive tackle move to
2: offensive tackle. It's, it's weird because this seems to happen a lot with Khalil Mack, that... It's like oh, we're so excited because their starting left tackle or starting right tackle, depending on the side he's playing, is out for the game and they're bringing in a backup. So we're like, oh, let's move Khalil Mack to that side and let's let's go after it. And for whatever reason, he did never takes advantage. Like he never goes off on those games. Like he has to be going up against someone good to play well. And I don't know. It's Khalil Mack has just been like he has a lot of pressures with it plays but man he's being paid to to get home to make those sacks and i've said this weekend and wake week out week weekend and week out where are the sacks like where are they coming like they, he's got to start getting home and getting those strip sacks again like we we know um him for and the other thing is robert quinn who we were paying like uh, i don't even remember the total number of 50 million over three, too much money. three three years or something i don't know um but he's like he's nowhere to be found like he gets moved so easily and like and so it's crazy that we invested so much in our pass rush and of course like it doesn't help when we have our start three starting defensive linemen out in um eddie goldman and akeem hicks and uh rh roy robertson harris and so like that obviously doesn't help but man you're playing on the edges and there's there's got to be a one-on-one or even a two-on-one you've got like your Cleo Mac you've got to be able to beat those sometimes like that's what you're paid for you that's why you're making twice the salary of any other rusher you know and so oh man it was a heartbreaker mainly because it was a coming mainly because it was against the Lions I I will also say that I'm not like totally disappointed like I I am one of those fans where it's like of course I'll cheer for the Bears I'm not gonna cheer when another team scores on us, but when the Bears lose and there wasn't a chance of us winning the Super Bowl anyway, I'm like, ah, shrug my shoulders. I can go on with my night. Compare that to earlier in the season, or maybe even to last week against Green Bay, it's like like the heartbreakers and victor and uh Monday is just so much worse. So um but yeah, got through Monday pretty well. And uh it's okay that our draft pick slightly improved and Washington won and we had a couple other uh other teams that had some wins so we're, we're looking for those draft picks and uh and so it sucks that I came against a revision rival but I'm I'm in tank mode now and so <laughs> losing is not so bad tank mode baby I like tank mode like I'm a I'm a,
0: I'm a tank supporter people in my fantasy league were debating if like there should be allowed tanking and I sure. took o- yeah my first year I took over last year my team sucked and I just tanked and acquired a bunch of draft picks Got the number one pick and stuff. And then I like rebuilt my team right away. So now I'm actually good. And I was like, why are you guys want to not t- have tanking? Like tanking's it's I don't know what's wrong with it. I mean it's like a strategy, but
1: we um, just saw the Jets do it in real life. Just, dude, like, that, yeah. that was you hilarious. You
0: that. That was just hilarious. I, I, don't cover I think it was a on receiver I think it was on on Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I literally think it was on purpose. I have a feeling. Like, I don't know.
2: They, I mean, well, they fired their defensive coordinator right after that game. Yeah,
1: for sure, you know they, yeah, don't, so they don't. No, no new head coach is going to go to a team that, that like purposely tanks. So they have to make it seem like they didn't mean to do that. I literally think they were like, hey, let's not like. I mean, like, it's okay if you allow It's be okay. Out if a job if in five hungry. weeks anyway, so let's just fuck it up now for everyone.
0: <laughs> oh, like,
2: like, well, and then trevor lawrence is a whole different conversation like if i'm a jets fan and i watch the raiders do that i am on both feet hands in the air cheering my heart out as if i'm the biggest raiders pan- fan on the planet like <laughs> trevor lawrence is a different story the bears aren't in the running for trevor lawrence so well, we won't even talk about that but uh like i am you've got to support tanking because like you're willing to take a hit in order to get something and it it would make a difference if like okay if um where there's no sacrifice involved and whatever. But like if, if I'm willing to and even from a GM perspective, if you're willing to tank that year and you're gonna lose on revenue and ticket costs, like your your team's gonna take a big hit. So yeah, be compensated. Like absolutely. I, I'm I'm all for it. Add, adds to the story too of the NFL. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah.
0: All right. We will now move on. We'll go to Jared and the Vikings getting a very impressive twenty seven, twenty four win over the Jaguars. I can't really talk because the Packers squeaked by the Jags a few weeks ago. So um, go ahead, give me your thoughts on the game. Um,
3: impressive indeed. Um, well, first I want to uh, say that uh, Holton Hill got released by the Vikings this morning, um, who was the starting cornerback for us at the beginning of the season. Um, wasn't very impressive, and then he got injured. And I don't know if it had anything injury-related that led to him being released. But, uh, yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Anyways, um, so we'll start out talking about Kirk Cousins, like usual, um, had a pretty good game other than he did have that pick six. Um, I blame that on him and Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, cause he didn't even look for the pass and Kirk Cousins, cause it wasn't a very good pass. It was behind him. Um, so that was definitely a bit of a rough mark on that game. But other than that, um, he had a really good game. I think. Um, even though it was the Jaguars, I mean, the numbers that he put up were still impressive. Um, And then his mobility still, he ran for another first down. So that's two weeks in a row. We get a Cousins first down on the ground. Uh, Definitely not something we're used to, but um, cool to see that he's starting to add that more into his game and choosing to run the ball when uh, it's open for him to, which he uh, obviously we haven't seen him do very often at all in Minnesota. He did it more with uh, Washington, but not as much now. Um, Cam Dantzler has been on fire the last four weeks. Um, so the last, yeah, so his last four games, uh, he's been the second highest graded cornerback and by pro football focus in the whole entire league allowed, uh, five catches on 14 targets, 51 yards, zero touchdowns and interception in those four weeks, along with a pass breakup. And, um, after, uh, starting pretty rough in the first four games where he was the 83rd ranked cornerback in the entire league going, uh, 27 for 37, Uh, 316 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and uh, zero breakups. So it's definitely a total 180 that we've seen from him in the second half of the season. Um, And against against the Jaguars, it was one for seven for seven yards and an interception. Uh, He did uh, have a little blunder on a two-point conversion where uh, the receiver got quite a bit of separation on him. It was a terrible play by him. Um, just totally blew it. But other than that, um, really good. He's been really good for us so far. A third-round cornerback who's starting to look like uh, definitely a starter for years to come for the team. Uh, Same with Jeff Gladney, a first-round pick, though, um, continues to improve, continues to show that he is a first-round talent and that he can definitely work into that that cornerback one role uh, throughout the next years and stay in that role for a while. Um, offensive line after doing okay to good for the last uh, few games was terrible this week. Um, it looked, Dalvin couldn't get a hole to run through. Kirk was under pressure like the entire game. He saw him running around the whole time for his life. Uh, Dakota Dozier needs to find a spot on the bench like next week. Um, it should have been, been like last week because Brett Jones came in for Ezra Cleveland when he was hurt and played great. Um, I think Brett Jones needs to be in there. Um, People will say, well, the coaching staff knows better and everything. Um, coaching staff had Drew Samia starting over Ezra Cleveland, so uh, I don't have faith in them uh, knowing better at this point. Um, <clears throat> and then Dalvin Cook went for 179 yards. Uh, his average on the run was uh, just under four yards a carry, which I usually like to say like a good game for a running back is over four yards a carry at least. Um, but he also had, uh, what was it, 49, 59 receiving yards. So it was it was a solid game all around. Um, obviously, we would have liked to see more yards on the ground or yards per carry on the ground. But I think you got to attribute a lot of that to the offensive line, totally just not giving him anywhere to run. Uh, Justin Jefferson continues to play great. I uh, love I'm like just so happy I don't understand how the dude I understand how the dude. I understand how he was the fifth I don't understand how he was the fifth because I don't think Jalen Rager should have gone up before him but I understand why he went after the other three guys um but I like easily he's easily the best receiver in the class so far might be the best rookie of this year uh definitely definitely in that rookie of the year conversation for offense um in my opinion the front runner right now especially after Justin Herbert's game this weekend, but 121 yards and a touchdown against the Jaguars. Um, And Adam Thielen, 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Just definitely at this point, uh, one of the best receiving duos in the league Um, up there with, you know, like Evans and Godwin and uh, Landry and Will Beckham's up, but uh, guys like that, I definitely put them up there at this point. Um, Defensive line still struggled once again this week. Uh, James Robinson was gashing them all game can't create pressure even Mike Glennon um, was able to evade pressure from them and everything whatever pressure they managed to make throughout the game Uh, and then we had uh, Jordan Brailford in his first game for the uh, Vikings just a total no-name guy um, came in for defensive end and definitely like made his presence known he he played really well in my opinion. Um, it's definitely someone I'd like to see the Vikings uh, incorporate more and see if he's actually someone that could be used as like a rotational player at the defensive end and spot where uh, it's kind of questionable where they're going to go uh, next year. I got a feeling DJ Wanham is definitely going to be the number one guy next to uh, Daniel Hunter, but uh, you can't play the two defensive ends every single play every single game. So Jordan Brufford's definitely a guy to watch for to go into that spot. Uh, continuing this year and into next year
0: yeah going back to um justin jefferson dude i love justin jefferson i i mean a lot of people like him but i was the gritty oh yeah i was one of the uh (laughs) like trade up for him whatever it takes on draft day type of guys for the packers i mean if we had freaking adams and jefferson it's it's
1: oh that would be unfair yeah yeah.
0: but hey
3: we got george jordan love and people didn't want the Vikings to take him because he was a slot receiver in uh, college, and Adam Thielen's a slot receiver for the Vikings. But anyone who watched Justin Jefferson's tape could have told you that he can play outside too. Like yeah. it's, I uh, I said that in my profile. I said that you know he plays slot. But he's definitely he definitely can play outside too. He's definitely capable of that, and he's showing that this year that he can make go up for those contested catches, and he can uh, burn people, and he can uh, outrun guys with the ball in his hands. Um, so yeah, I'm I was so happy when the uh, Eagles passed on him, and I'm even happier now.
0: And people told me like
3: Packers fans
0: were the pack the people that were defending the draft kept saying, oh you know rookie receivers aren't gonna produce this year with COVID and stuff. Well
3: and this has been like the best rookie receiver class, like like playing wise. Yeah. yeah and for the first like for
0: the first Judy. couple games for the yeah, first percent. couple of games I remember it was like pretty slow from them. And so everyone's like, oh look at nobody's yeah. missing. And then everyone just went off. Claypool <laughs> and went and off.
3: Yeah. Against- Jefferson had that game against the Titans yeah. in week three. And then yeah. even now yeah. we're getting the late round guys like Cephas and the Lions who's starting to like <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I saw Van. I think from... Van Jefferson. I think Van Jefferson caught a touchdown for the Rams on Sunday. Yeah. Another had a guy like fifth down touchdown yesterday. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. That's one guy hey. that I was. I didn't. I was hesitant on a lot going into the draft. Watch after watching him, he was not someone I liked very much. But he's definitely proved me wrong. He's definitely then, a rat guy. But
1: it's always <laughs> nice when you get proven wrong by a guy. <laughs> like <laughs> like to sit there and be like, okay, I was wrong. That's fine. Yeah. He's good.
3: I totally. Wanted nothing to do with him on my team, honestly. I did not want the Vikings to take him. Yeah, I remember I was kind of
0: like iffy because, again, I'm thinking the Packers were going to probably take a receiver at some point. But um, I was, like, kind of iffy on him. And then, yeah, Rager had the punt return touchdown against us yesterday. So, yeah. Or Sunday. <laughs> but, um, we'll get into that now. So moving ahead to the Packers, 130-16 against the Eagles. So kind of a, you know, same old, same old game for the Packers. Just another good win. but. Um, can't take too much out of it just because it's the Eagles, um, defense looked better. And again, I mean, the Eagles offensive line sucks. We were able to get, I don't, you know, four or five sacks at least, and then had a pick at the end, um, offense, you know, they just, they keep playing well. Rodgers continues to look good, even against some pretty good defenses. Adams had two touchdowns. He's Adams is like, it's ridiculous. I mean, every single game, I feel like it's usually on the opening drive or something too there's Adam, it's an Adams touchdown every single time. And like, I, I just, I keep thinking like at some point that there's gotta be some teams that are like in the playoffs, able to just like stop him, you know, and hold him to like 50 yards or something. And then it's like, so, you know, you need someone to step up, but it's like at the same time, like, is he just going to be, you know, 80 plus yards and a touchdown or two every single game? Like, is that just where we're at with him? Because I don't know, but um, You know, because without a number two guy, a reliable number two guy, it's like I just I, I have to think at some point I keep saying it like it's going to come down to like those other guys making plays because someone's probably going to like, you know, keep Adams in check, but maybe not. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, Adams look good. Rogers look good. Jones look good. Um, you know, here we had another touchdown to uh, Robert Tunyon and. I mean, again, going back to MVS and um, Alan Lazard, they both had drops. Lazard looked okay overall, but, like, he's not a number two. MVS is obviously not a number two. And it's just – MVS – Sometimes
1: he is, sometimes he isn't. Who knows? Whenever he he wakes up deciding to do that – He looks like a
0: top-five receiver sometimes, and then it's – you know, he looks unplayable other times. But he had another – you know, there was a – Rodgers threw a bomb. It was a dime. And um, he tried to body catch it, and it – Bounced right off his chest and it's just like those are the plays that I'm like like and again people Packers fans like ever criticize the team are gonna say oh they're averaging 30 points a game their offense is good yada 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 like you can't be mad at anything on the offense and it's like no like I mean look at you have to have a consistent second guy because at some point it's going to matter like it doesn't matter right now you can afford to like have those drops from both of those guys and stuff the game against Minnesota, we fell behind and we like needed it on a third and fourth down. And who was it? Equinemius St. Brown dropped two passes in a row. And it's like, that's, I'm like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's games where you need it and they haven't, like, they just aren't consistent enough to give it to you. And in the playoffs, you're going to need those plays like way more often than you're not. And so that's just where I keep, I mean, they keep showing it to me that like, they're really good on offense, at least for the regular season, because Rodgers and Adams can get you through there and win you games against, you know, mediocre teams. And then you get to the playoffs, it's a different beast. And I just feel like you're going to need a second guy to actually you know, beat really good teams and good defenses. And I just haven't seen it yet. But again, hopefully they prove me wrong. Hopefully MBS, good MBS can somehow show up for like four games in a row when it matters most. (laughs) I don't don't trust it, but um, we will see. Uh, On the defense, Rashawn Gary is starting to look much better. And he's a guy that if our defense is going to get better, not only this year, but just in the future, like he's kind of the guy that's, if he can take some big steps and become like a star, he's like, it'll really, really help this defense. And he's starting to, you know, look better and um, start to produce a lot more. So, yeah, I mean, again, a, a good win, but nothing to go crazy about. They did. We were up 23 to three with like five minutes left. And then the Eagles scored, made it 23 10 we went three and out and then the punt return was the punt was returned for a touchdown to make it tw- all of a sudden a one possession game with like five minutes left. So it looked, and then we, I think we punted again after that or something, but um so it got really close at the end when it really shouldn't have been, but then Jones had a like 70 yard touchdown to, to ice it. So um yeah, overall though, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. And the offense just continues to, to really impress me. So um yeah, I mean, Roger, I, I'm kind of looking at Rodgers, like, I, I think Mahomes is playing better, but Rodgers might be the MVP just because of what he's working with. I don't know how you guys feel about the whole thing.
1: I, you know, I honestly, I, like, so much, I, I have to hate Rodgers as a Lions fan, but also I have so much respect for him as just, like, yeah, he really makes something out of nothing every season. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it didn't matter if he had, you know, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, and Devontae Adams in his receiving core, or if he had, you know, a bunch of guys whose names I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah, it just... Yeah, he really, like, Robert Tanyan is good because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, I mean, again, if you look just at, like, Mahomes is playing, I think, slightly better, like, just raw, how they're playing, like, the raw numbers and stuff. Yes, but... If you do take into account what they're working with, I think you could make a case for Rogers. I think they should honestly, at this point, if it ended the day, I think they should share it and do co-MVPs because I know they've done that before because I have no problem with that. I mean, that's, that's yeah, like, it's, it's so tight.
3: It's definitely between those two. I don't see how anyone else could, they're talking about Derrick Henry. I no, I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely not. There's literally like, this is one of the first years
0: where it's like, at least from what I can remember that it's like, there's literally like two guys and like nobody else that I think should even be in it. Like, Kyler had his moment after the hail mary, where, where people were like, "Kyler Murray is the MVP," and I was like, "Hell no, he's not." But <laughs> um, it's like there's just a huge drop off after that. Russ, it looked like for sure would at least be in the conversation at the end, and now he just fell off a cliff.
1: Yeah, the Seahawks um, just died. You love to what
0: see it.
3: I love to see it. I know. It's,
1: I don't know I what happened, dude. I think it was the worst drop off in a season than the Bears.
3: So. I think that defense just caught up with them. Honestly. Oh. And, and Russell I see, Wilson hasn't like, been playing all that hot either. Yeah, but that defense I, is just terrible.
0: Yeah, and last year was kind of the same. Like early in the year, everyone was talking about Russ for MVP, and I was like, if it's close at all at the end between him and anyone, they're probably going to give it to him because he's you know never had an MVP vote and all that. And I was like, I'm hold. I was holding out hope. I told people I was like, there might be a chance that he does like not. I didn't think it would be this dramatic, but like he does you know start to struggle for a few games because he did it. Last year, too, I remember he was, you know, I think leading the MVP race. And then he had two or three games in a row where it was like they were very mediocre games and he kind of just fell out of the MVP race. And then, yeah, I mean, I think it is just a, a defense thing where you're trying to do so much and it just it catches up to you. So, um, yeah, but, hey, Rodgers and Mahomes, co-MVPs, that's what we're campaigning for right now. But hopefully it ends up being just Rodgers, honestly. that's That's the dream. That's the goal. But... We'll now move to Week 14 matchups for our teams, and um, we'll start we'll start with Max and the Bears taking on the Texans. Um, how are you feeling about that one?
2: Oh man, I I'm not feeling good about it, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's one of those things. It's kind of like you kind of get the comparisons talked about again this will be the last time that Trubisky will play Deshaun Watson who were same draft class and taking Wait, that you no
0: know, I have did you know that they trade up to take Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes um, yeah well, we'll I know that it's same that, look in, it up 2017 in two
2: seasons when we're talking about Jordan Love but yeah <laughs> take your digs now take your digs future hall of famer yeah that's right all right but it's yeah,
1: Bears Hall of Famer, Jordan Love.
2: <laughs> I, I'm more I'm
0: more upset about the A.J. Dillon pick than the Jordan Love pick, to be honest. Because when they took Jordan Love, I was like, they have, you know, two or three picks after this that they can get a receiver. Like, it's fine. And then they took it on a freaking backup, third string running back, sorry. And, I mean, I'm like, you shouldn't take a running back to begin with in the second round, let alone a third string running back. It was ridiculous, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, I... Uh... I don't know. I don't know how to feel this one. Like I'm looking at injury reports and it's just climbing with names and it's more of like, I don't know. I don't feel like playing anymore type of injuries more than anything. It's going to be interesting type of game because uh, I think the bears are like imploding. Like I think there's mutiny and it's really interesting how uh like you'll have a team that's like not doing well like the Jags, but you don't have that sort of level of like energy i think it's just because we started so hot and then and then just completely went the other way like five and one to owen five or something like that i forget where we're at now but yeah, it's a it's going to be an interesting game because I do think we are the better team at the end of the day for the Texans. But I just think that the heart isn't there. And I think that's a huge factor when when going into these games, especially late in the season. Not going to lie. I'm if the Bears lose, I'm going to get over it very, very quickly. Hey, and like you said, it's tank season. Yeah. And I want to be careful with my words because people get so angry over that. Like you have <laughs> a loser mentality, dude. Like I have like it's smart. It, it is it not like I, I, it
0: doesn't make sense to win. Like I'm yeah. sorry, if you're not going to win the Super Bowl, like I have a friend who's an Eagles fan, and he's like, you know, I'm fine losing. And I was like, yeah, why? Like, why would you want to win yeah. and like sneak in the playoffs and lose right away? It like, doesn't like it doesn't get you anywhere it's like oh it's prideful cool but like who cares pride doesn't like pride doesn't win you games in the future yeah. i'm sorry it doesn't
2: yeah like it well you almost have to be like a, a masochist like like you're just enjoying watching your team lose like like it, it's it's almost similar to like your team getting beat by like 30 points and it being the fourth quarter with like 10 minutes left and being like i'm a diehard fan i'm gonna i'm not gonna turn this off i'm gonna watch it like it's <laughs> mentality is that where it's like i'm not watching my team lose like if it's the yeah. fourth quarter and we're out of it like screw that like i'm oh, no, i love man. my team I'm, too I'm much i'm that
1: kind of fan <laughs> so like i will sit there and watch the lions game from kickoff to like you
2: know the other team kneeling down up 20 <laughs> <laughs> that bears have enough have had enough crazy comebacks that like i'll i'll keep it on but i'll keep it on mute because i don't want to hear that and then I'll have my phone out and or I'll start playing with my kids or something like that. But uh, yeah, as far as this game goes, who knows what's going to happen at this point? Because our defense has fallen off a cliff, but our offense is starting to pick it back up. What's going to happen this week? What kind of roll of the dice are we going to get? And at the end of the day, I I like the Texans have lost Will Fuller. Their defense isn't great. Um, I, I think the Bears win it i it hurts me almost to say that because i don't know that pick's gonna fall but i think the bears win it i think it's gonna be a close one though i'll go with um it's it's so hard for me to pick scores because i in canadian football we have rouges which are one points and so we can virtually have any score and it's not crazy or anything Mm. but yeah we'll go with like 24 to 17 yeah, there was. I
0: remember there was one score you predicted where it was like nineteen or something, and I was like, "That's like hard to get." Or yeah, I don't know it me. Was or I'm like,
2: "Oh yeah, I guess it is." <laughs> I do the same yeah.
1: thing. I have like four numbers in my head that like make sense for like NFL scores, and yeah. nothing like any other yeah. number sounds too weird. Yeah, but, like there was a game this weekend that was like at one point like five to three or yeah.
0: something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Seahawks like, game. The Seahawks. Yeah. Game. <laughs> But um, I, I agree, actually. I think the Bears do win in a close one just because Will Fuller, against a good defense, should you know, the, the Bears should be able to hold them in check. And then I think the Bears can get stuff going offensively.
1: And that's uh, real quick with that. Like, uh, your rookie corner, uh, Johnson, I mean, he had a great game in Detroit. He had that pass breakup in the end zone. He, like, mm-hmm. he's, I hate to say, it, like, better than Akuda, better than any other corner this year. Yeah. So, it's I, crazy. yeah, man. He 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 will feast if if uh, Texans don't have like their good receiver core
3: mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I mean, flagging, yeah, Like so. Chad
1: Henson or something this week. And I don't know if any of y'all remember him, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Like yeah, I, I've had two takes of like that like I don't know, I do a lot of draft research too and a lot of draft picks and I feel like I did really good this draft when I kinda like looking back at some of my um my hauls that I made. But the one that like the coldest take I had was against Jalen Johnson, who the Bears ended up picking. And I I was not a fan. I thought he looked stiff. I thought is um, like even just his head, how it swiveled it almost like he almost turned his full body. In, and I was like, OK, I see like I see he's good at press coverage and he's good at man. But I don't know. I, I just I, I was like, cool name. But I don't see the. <laughs> But it was one of the ones where I should have went with it. Jalen Johnson, I was like, oh, okay, man. There's a, yeah. Hey, there's a Jalen Johnson in the NBA
0: or gonna be in the NBA soon too. He plays for Duke, so just an athletic. oh
2: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta love my Blue Devils. But um, Ew. oh God, <laughs> Duke fan. Marquette, baby, Marquette. Uh, but yeah, like Jalen Johnson was the one, and then the other one, it was like I was very vocal about pre-draft that I did not want. I have I have a draft where I wanted Cephas. I had a draft where I loved Dancer. I had a draft where I loved Jonah Jackson. I loved uh, Julian Aquar. You R- like Jordan Ju- uh, Yeah, I loved I loved some of those picks and and the one I was like, okay, do not get do not get Cole Kmet. Like I was not <laughs> a fan, and I know Bears fans hate me for this because. Like I was pretty vocal about it, but he had a great play last week and it seems like the Bears are going to finally start trying to incorporate him into the offense, our second round pick, and see what he is. Also, it's the
1: Lions defense who allows every tight end to score on them. So we let Ed Dixon like three seasons in a row on like three different teams just demolish us. So, you know, (laughs) we're talking about we're talking about a team that like any
2: tight end can just torch this defense. This year. It was nice, though, because it wasn't just like a like he made a play after the catch, so though. It was kind of cool to see. It a lot of good
1: uh, yards after.
2: But. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had a little bit of speed on there, which was cool to see. But, yeah, we'll see, see. I don't know. It's just kind of like I'm just enjoying Trubisky's last sort of run and just watching this air. fade out. And Yeah, the last dance. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Making a
2: documentary um, about him. Yeah.
0: Best yeah. Chicago sports athlete to ever have a last dance.
2: <laughs> yeah well it's so interesting because i don't know if you guys are keeping up the twitter drama over in chicago but it's it's hilarious because yeah but yeah i was thinking maybe you caught wind of it but of course not um i was thinking like it's so weird because trubisky like fans just love this guy like we we don't love we know he sucks but he's just that lovable like man we just feel for you you gave it your all like good going
0: and that's all the people that are like oh it's not his fault he was like take it, they drafted up for him and stuff like that and it's like well it's his fault they sucks but okay yeah yeah
2: yeah to a point that but it's like like he's just so been so humble and he's not lashed out on anybody and yeah he got benched and took it like a man and like it, you just know how hard that that has been and then also just like he's played with a iffy o-line the whole time and nagy hasn't been great and it hasn't been an ideal situation compared to the situation that even watson has been in or or even um Mahomes especially like like he's got just weapons upon weapons around him and so like one thing I asked was like if Trubisky was on the Chiefs like would he be getting his fifth year option extended and like it was overwhelmingly yes we thought he had the talent to do that like you not be as good as Mahomes not be an MVP but get his fifth year option picked up I think I think he was good enough to do that and I think this was a terrible environment for him to be in um beyond that the other side of the coin is the alan robinson drama it is that alan robinson has been our whole team for three years but fans are just like bye you know like <laughs> like it's it's crazy because he's a lot He's uh, gone after fans after games like keep up that same energy and that yeah. sort of stuff i see um, he liked uh, like
0: tweets of them saying like i hope you leave and stuff he liked all them or something
2: yeah, yeah, well, there was, there was, like, a tweet that was, like, come to, so, come to the 49 oh, yeah, yeah. another That's one right. Like, come yeah, to yeah people Giants. were talking about something in different places. And he, he, he was liking all those tweets. Yeah. So it was, like, okay, you, you're you turning on to sh- Chicago. Like, of course, we were, like, siding with this man, like, when earlier in the si- season we had a uh, hashtag extend A-Rob and we were just hammering the shit out of it every single week, week in and week out, week out. and we were siding with this man. But then he would find, like, the one person – yeah. On the side of the road with five followers and no profile picture, and he's like, hey, "Rob sucks." He's like, "Through you guys, like, I, 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 go all out for you every single week, and it's like, man, do you not see? Like, look up that hashtag, ex- extend Alan Robinson, and you'll see. And it's so tough because, like, like the, he he's so worried about his tw- this Twitter conversation that there'll be tweets where he's not tagged at all and someone criticizes him after a drop in like the first quarter of a game not necessarily an after the game comment but you'll find something like oh alan robinson dropped that and he's like cute i scored a touchdown a couple quarters later like keep up that same energy and so after this game everyone was like because he didn't he didn't have a well he had a decent game but he lost us the game also by yeah, hit the his uh the DB fellow in front of him. He was three yards away from the first down marker, and instead of crossing it and extending the game and likely allowing us to win it, well, we, I don't know. It's hard to say that I guess, but he goes and steps out of bounds instead of crossing. And so everyone was like, "Keep up that same energy, hey, Rob," because that's always <laughs> his comment towards us. So it's just so funny that like a little bit of humility goes a long way. In that Trubisky, who's just completely blown up our Super Bowl opportunities, it's like we'll leave with a handshake. A-Rob, who's kept any sort of offense alive, is like, see you later. So, got kind of something interesting going on. Uh, the last thing I'll mention is that there's a lot of conversation about our staffing, and I probably should bring this up because it's a lot, large part of the conversation. What should happen with Nagy? What ha- what should happen with Pace? What do I expect to happen with both those guys? And I might have a bit of a different take. I think I think they both finish off the season, um, as it's been said before all over Twitter, that... Um, history has indicated that the bears have never fired mid season. And so I don't think we plan to, and I think they've, I think Pace and Nagy that they have enough of a good rapport with the team, even though it's not that great that they can stay, stick around with people killing each other, literally. Um, but what I expect to happen is that I, I expect Pace to get fired for sure at the end of the season. Um, He's been with uh, our team for five years, and our offense is 31-32, and it looks like he's missed on the coach as well. Whereas Nagy, like, I mean, his offense is terrible. He hasn't had a legit QB yet, and who knows how much say he has had in that. Um, he's had Trubisky and Foles. Like, how many head coaches are going to have a sustainable offense with those two quarterbacks? I don't know if there's any. Um, the offensive line – looked great at the beginning of the year when everyone was healthy but now that everyone's injured like it's hard to get anything going on after that as well and so I do think Matt Nagy actually sticks around into next year um I think I think he almost deserves a shot to have um uh, an offense with an actual QB and with the revamped offensive line I think he does deserve that it's tough because he's also shown that he has struggles at play calling at times and um but I just think this is kind of a long-term rebuild that we're entering into. And even though our defense is still good and we have them for another year, I do think that um, Pace, I actually, one thing I I said on Twitter that might be controversial is that I would not be surprised and I would be okay with if he was actually made our team president because he has done a lot of what a president does. He has totally renovated Hallis Hall, built up huge extensions. He created this gym called Bears Fit. Where bears players can go work out, and then fans can go work out there as well, and it's all bears related. So he's done like so much as far as infra- infrastructure. He's completely revamped our defense. So I I was kind of considering like it would be cool to have like a co GM, someone um like someone young like Ed Dodds I think would be from the Colts. He's an assistant GM and he's nah, no, interviewed-
1: he's going to Detroit. We need him there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I I think he's a guy that I would love to have, and then have like pace have an input on defensive picks but say nothing about the offense because we do not want to want to have any of his input so i don't know what i think will happen i think think nagy sticks around a little bit longer maybe he'll get fired mid-season next year but i do think pace is fired at the end of this year but i would be okay with him being a president
1: I don't know. I think the rest of us would be okay with uh, Nagy staying around for a few yeah, more years. Yeah, I was going to say it. I was yeah, going to say, totally. Nagy.
0: hashtag extend Nagy. Let's get it trending. Yeah, yeah, you
3: know, and then he can tweet because.
0: at... Yeah, extend Pace, yeah. <laughs> and,
3: and Trubisky while they're at it. No. Yeah. 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 Dude, it, oh, and Foles. Let's get him a great
1: court. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: He Foles to a tight end. Like, he, you know, Philly special every play. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: yes. He's tall enough, man. He's huge. But, um, I, like, I wouldn't... I I don't think we're at a position this year to get a franchise QB. Like, like a lot of people are mentioning Kyle Trask and Trey Lance. And I I do like Trey Lance. Kyle Trask is pretty good. Um, But again, he doesn't pass the name test. Kyle Trash is going to be a thing. So you're going to trade up for him. (laughs) So yeah, we might, we might trade up for him. (laughs) We might trade all our picks for him. You
1: might trade for two of them. You might get Zach Wilson. And Kyle you guys Travis. will
3: trade up to the first pick and not take Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> That's right. Um,
2: like I, th- take I think the, the North if Dakota Zach- State guy instead. <laughs> if uh, if Zach Wilson's available, absolutely take him. Um, but beyond that, like if if Trey Lance falls to the second round, I don't think he will. But if he does, I would take him then. Other than that, I think it's just time to revamp revamp this offense. We're going to have about ten picks. This year, with uh, all the compensation picks that we that we're going to be having from free agents that have left, thank you Packers for signing Adrian Amos. And um, what I don't know, I think it's just time like revamp the offensive line, get a lot of young receivers, very similar to what the Vikings did. I think that's what we need to do. And I think next year, just go into it and suck. And that sucks to say because you wait all off season for football and then you see it. Happened it won't be hard for you
1: guys just... To just go in the next year and suck. You guys are really good at that. Saints.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. at least you're used Lions. to it at this point.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, coming from Lions and Vikings fans, it uh, doesn't mean a whole lot, but <laughs> I'm the only one not more
1: hurtful. It's coming from us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, th- I think that's what we need to do. Like, I mean, even you see it with the 49ers, who were mediocre, and then they sucked. It's almost like Golden State Warriors. It's like they lost all their good players for the season. They got injured it sucked and got the first overall pick and now they're going to probably be a force again you know so i think it's kind of what we need to do we have so many keys and get rid of some of those really heavy contracts get our cap back up take a season off get those draft picks get that cap up and then take a swing at it for 2020 uh 2022 and the hopefully some qbs pop up out of that um draft but we'll see i don't know wishful thinking yeah um all right, we will now move on to we'll go to the, the Vikings
0: who play at the Buccaneers. Um, tough game, but the Bucs have been shown to be a little bit inconsistent. Um, Jared, how are you feeling about this one?
3: Well, that's what I was going to talk about is uh, how inconsistent they are. Uh, you really never know what team you're going to get uh, with the Buccaneers. I, I mean, think if, you match... watch them
0: against us. if you watch them against us, they look like the best team in NFL history. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, you watch them I mean, against, watch like, against the, the Bears. The Packers. <laughs> uh, well, actually... Bears beat them, but uh, that's what yeah, I mean. yeah. You watch oh, them
1: against okay. the Packers, they look amazing. You watch them against the Bears, they suck.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Bears, or they got blown out by the Saints earlier this yeah. year. Oh, they um, looked awesome. I, It totally did not look like a football team out there against the Saints. Um, so I, it just it depends on which team is gonna show up. I'm gonna assume that the better team is just gonna show up, just because um, that's a safe assumption at this point. Um, they've been better more often than they haven't this year. Um, their defense has been, is pretty good. Uh, pass defense is kind of in the middle of the pack for the, uh, for the league, but their run defense is the best run defense in the league. I know last year they had like a, probably the best run defense in the history of the NFL. Um, they were, they were, it's a really strong defense, um, so the Vikings are definitely going to have to uh, pass more of this game, which is fine with me. You know, Kirk's been balling out the last, what, uh, six, five, five, six weeks. Um, so definitely, I'd like to see him uh, have another good game against uh, a good defense. Um, it'd be nice to get Irv Smith back. I, he's been missing for the past two weeks, and it's been kind of his breakout season you know um he hasn't been amazing but they're getting the ball more and he's making plays scoring touchdowns and stuff so uh i'd like to see him healthy and out on the field this week uh dj Wanham, same thing he was out last week i'd like to see him more um he's been really fun a really fun rookie to watch um so it'd be cool to see him uh back on the field after missing a week um but yeah just um realistically I I can't say that the Vikings will win uh, just because the Buccaneers have the better team at this point. But at the same time, like I said, you don't know which team is going to show up. Uh, So I'll say that the Buccaneers will win it uh, 34 to 27, but don't be shocked if the Vikings pull this one off. And if the Vikings do pull it off, then they move into the sixth seed and bump the uh, Buccaneers down. So yeah. it's a huge, huge game for them, really helps their playoff positioning, especially with uh, tiebreaker against the Buccaneers, should it come to that at the end of the season, you know, the Vikings still have to play the Saints. Um, they got the Bears and Lions too, so um, assuming they win those two games, um, it's really these next two games that are huge, or not these next two games, but the uh, this next game and the game after uh, the following game that will be huge for the team uh, to make it to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, I, I agree. I think it'll be a close game, closer than people might assume just looking at the two teams because, you know, the Vikings have shown they can be pretty good and the, the Buccaneers have shown they can be pretty bad. So I think it'll be close, and it's a, it's an important game, and usually those end up somewhat close at least. Um, so now let's get into the divisional game this week. Packers-Lions. Gerbs, I'll let you start.
1: All right, so... Last week against the Bears was the Lions' first divisional win in God knows how long. I think Matt Patricia lost every divisional game. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm not two even last year. On. What?
0: You should have had two against us last year.
1: Yeah, so. but you know, like I'm, I'm, like, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure Matt Patricia has lost every divisional game for Detroit in his time here. And all of a sudden, you know, the first game gone, we win one, and so. And that's the thing. It's like we saw a glimpse of what this team oh. could be, but like, was that a fluke, where the guys just hyped to like, you know, be able to kind of like,
2: I mean, the the reminds reports. me of our uh, of our conversation earlier in the season when we were talking about Bill O'Brien leaving, and then mm-hmm. the Texans go on and win, and then the Dan Falcons. Quinn leaves the Falcons, yeah. and then the Falcons go on and win, and so Which, it might have been one of those games. That's what I was kind of thinking, and
1: that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, just the reports of like, Bevel came in and said. Like, what do I need to do for you guys? And, you know, it was, like, these guys were so just excited to have, like, a player's coach instead of, like, a coach of the game. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, Bevel's, like, oh, you don't like the current schedule we're doing for, like, training? You know, for, like, uh, for like practices and, like, when you have to come in for conditioning? Let's change it to make you guys a little more comfortable. And then all of a sudden, like, here are these guys, well-rested, ready to play, know the play, but, like... It's crazy how that works when you listen to your players. But so now they're going to come in. This game, I just, like, I it's another I don't know what to expect because the Packers are the Packers. You guys got a really great front seven. You got pretty solid O-line. You got Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you heard. That guy's pretty good at football. Sorry. So, um and then Devontae Adams. And, like, you're looking at an Alliance team that has, like, two and a half cornerbacks left. Because, like, Trufant's on IR. Coleman just got off IR. Mike Ford just got hurt again. Jamal Agnew is now a wide receiver and running back. Like, akuda has been hurt like crazy. Daryl Roberts just got back off from injured reserve. So, like, we got nobody. I mean, um, Amani Oruwari is, like, our only, like, true healthy, been healthy the whole season cornerback. So... Adams is, if, if like, unless he, like, if he's covering Adams, at least, like, there will be some, someone preventing a few catches. The problem is, this is where I think you'll see your MVS and Lazard big games just out of nowhere. (laughs) Like, like, because there's just nobody else. And the Lions secondary is so depleted. Our defensive line is struggling. Um... I mean, yeah, we just put Danny Shelton on IR. Trey Flowers has been on IR for a while. Just things are not looking great for the Lions defense. I think they're going to have a tough time, um, you know, going up against the Packers offense. I think Rodgers is going to have, like, a 300-yard game. I Like, I would not even doubt that I'd put money on that, honestly. Um, But at the same time, I think we'll see, again, just the Lions defense will struggle. It still has those hints of Patricia all over it. And um, then we'll have the Bevel offense, though, which when there's no one controlling that playbook for the rest of it, you know, now Bevel can just write up his plays. You know, they, they, they didn't try to force the run game. Lions had 60 rushing yards against the Bears, but they had two touchdowns. You know, the Lions were really strategic with their rushing plays, unlike Patricia's run game where it was just, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And it's like when we opened the game without an inside draw to Adrian Peterson, I was shocked. <laughs> like, it's the first time all season we didn't open a game with an inside run to <laughs> Adrian Peterson. And wow, it worked. You know, using Jamal Agnew as like a gadget, uh, you know, gadget guy running some end around, some like little shovel passes, stuff like that. It was great. And so I think you're going to see that same creativity on offense. You're going to see Stafford just, Go nuts. And it's going to be beautiful. But um, I will say I don't think the Lions are going to win this one. I I don't think this one is a – I think they'll put up a fight. And unlike the rest of the season, what we saw last week was a competitive through-and-through Lions team. Not competitive for the first drive or the first half, the first quarter. Competitive literally the entire game. Like, those guys didn't look tired. They looked like they wanted to play. We're going to see that again this week. I think Lions will probably lose this one. It's gonna be by like two or three points. So I'm just gonna say, I'd say maybe like a 17-16 or like I I don't know, so 18-17 points against the Lions. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think it might be lower scoring than we oh. we expect. I think Rogers gonna throw a lot, but I think we're gonna have a lot of like. I don't know, man. It's it's a weird thing. In my brain, somehow, I see this being, like, a total shootout, but also not high-scoring. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just going to be, like, turnover in the end zone, and run it back <laughs> the whole game.
3: I will say um, that I was looking after you said that you don't think that the Lions have beaten any uh, divisional uh, opponents uh, with Matt Patricia uh, so they haven't beat the Vikings, they haven't beat the Bears, but they swept the Packers in 2018. So Oh, my
1: God,
0: really? oh that's
3: right. We sucked that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That so was... But I mean still, even before that, that you was the
0: game? At, like... that, sorry, that was the game Crosby missed like five kicks. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was that's right. Yeah, but like I mean, you're looking at Matt Patricia was 0-6 against the Bears or something, you know, something ridiculous like that. Or, like, you know, he he didn't win a single game against the Bears, but Jim Caldwell was, like, like 7-1 and 1 against the Bears. You know, like, Caldwell was great in divisional games. You know, he got us our first win at Lambeau in my lifetime. He got us, like, so much stuff, and then, you know, Patricia came in and it's just like, I'm going to lose all of the games that are important. <laughs>
0: Yeah, those two win. I'm not, those two wins really aren't much because the one was like Crosby missed
1: a shit ton of kicks,
0: and then yeah, he missed the other four, one, four. The other one missed,
1: in a row, he yeah. didn't miss. He hit the upright four yeah. times, which is statistically much harder to do.
0: And then the uh, the other one I think was week seventeen, and Rogers was out right away, so thirty-one <laughs> to
3: nothing.
1: Yeah,
0: Rogers went out, and yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they were giving us like,
1: Detroit more than Detroit wins, but.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, from my side, I mean, I think it'll be much more of like a shootout because I just don't see how the Lions can stop the Packers offense if, you know, teams like the Colts and um, who else did we just play? We just played another good defense. The Bears, if they can't stop us, I don't really see the Lions being able to stop us. So I think it's another 30-point game for us. Um, you know, I... I'd, like you said, Lions will keep it close. I don't think this is one to go into and say this is going to be a blowout for sure and, you know, overlook them too much because it'll. I think it will be close throughout. It will be a game. It's not one where we're going to be pulling our starters or anything. but Because um, your offense is going to be able to move the ball in our defense as well. You know, you have a lot of firepower. Is, are Galladay and um, Swift back? Do you know?
1: Uh, Swift was practicing. So the problem was he was sick. Like he okay. he cleared concussion protocol and then he got sick. And so then, and not COVID, luckily, but like it was like some big stomach bug. Like he could barely move, like he was struggling. So like, like now he should be good. Hopefully, I hope to God. But Galladay's still just dealing with an injury. And but I mean, we saw without Galladay, Jones, yeah, filled that role. So did Cephas and Sanu, honestly. So who knows what we'll get?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'll go. I'll go along the lines of like thirty. 34-24 Packers, um, you know, I think, I think we put up a good amount of points and I think it's pretty close throughout, but, you know, we're just, we're the better team. I think it's fair to say that, so. Yeah, um, no,
2: that's not <laughs> You're too yeah. kind, Nathan.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, so, that's the thing, though. It's hard to gauge with this Lions team now because, like, we saw how different post-Patricia and, you know like with Patricia, like how different those teams are. It's hard to scout like, and that might've been the issue with the bears too. It's hard to scout that team when you have no idea what to expect, like personnel wise, play calling all that. So.
0: Yeah, we will see. We will see. Um, but that does it for this week's episode of the split division podcast, week 13 recaps and week 14 previews. Um, join us next week for our for our week 14 recaps and week 15 previews. Um, Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Nathan Marzion. Gerbs is at Max Gerbs. Jared at Jared Bars NFL. Max at Max Markham NFL. And this, uh, you can follow Eli, who is not with us today, at Book of Eli underscore NFL in the Split Division account at Split Div Pod. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.